We are in our first uh, day, the first week of our series, The Kingdom of God. The Kingdom. We're talking about the Kingdom. And uh, I was just wondering, anybody growing up, did you have an issue with your image growing up? Anybody have an issue with the image? Believe it or not, I had an issue with my image growing up. I know that you find it hard to believe. How can you have an issue with your image, you know? It's just perfection. No, just and, and the reason why I had an issue with my image is because people couldn't tell what I was growing up. Because my mum, my mum is Rarotongan. She's from this little island in the South Pacific, very little. There's only like, there was only like 11,000 people living on that island. So it's a miracle I'm alive, really, uh, if you think about it. And my dad, he's European from New Zealand and went to Pakia, Papa'a, how we'd say it in the Cook Island language. And, um, and so people couldn't, couldn't tell what it was. So, so for my living in South Auckland, um, so Pacific, other Pacific Islanders, when they looked at me, all they saw was a white person. And I remember one day uh, there was a knock on my front door and I went as a little kid, opened up the door and standing in the front door is this Pacific Island family. And they're looking at me and they're kind of bewildered. They're like, this is all they said to me. Sorry, we got the wrong house. And they turn around to leave. And then my mom comes out, oh, wait, 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 they got the right house. They go, oh, whose boy is this? Oh, this is my son. This is your son. They <laughs> go, that's right. I'm her son, you know. And then when I'll get my, my dad, when I'll, because my, my dad didn't live with us, so some, when I'll travel with my dad, and people often, they looked at us when I'm with my dad and with my, my white brethren, um, they'll look at me, and they, all they saw was a Pacific Islander. So I never quite fit anywhere, and I had a real issue with my image, you know, am I this, am I that, until, until I, I, honestly, until I met Jesus, and my image was restored. And I'm probably, I love to say this, that I am 50% Rarotongan, 50% European, but 100% Kiwi. That's exactly who I am. And just to prove to you um, that I do have, a, 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 for my Pacific brothers, that brown mum, and, and, and for my white brethren, a white, white dad, I've got a picture of my parents. Here they are. Uh, don't, what do you reckon? Do, do, I'm a splitting image of them, right? <laughs> they look like a splitting image of my, of my dad and my mum. You put them together and there's me. And you, you know, what, what I've just noticed about this picture, that my daughter is in both these pictures. <laughs> So um, this photo was taken eight years ago, and this one here was two years ago. So uh, if I look like, if there's somebody up there that I look like, it's probably my daughter than anything else. But anyway, I'm here to tell you something, but when my mom and my dad got together, they made me, I've got a picture of me. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> made me. That's who I am. I haven't got an issue. I, have no, I no longer have an issue with my image, you know, like, I was going... Wait, is that Dwayne Johnson? Oh man, sorry, I used the wrong photo. I get confused. It looked like it was me preaching. I get confused. I'm, 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 maybe I still got an issue with my image. Well, anyway, let's go back to the kingdom. Let's go back to the kingdom picture. And so, um, so we, you know, image. We have issues with with image, don't we? Growing up, and so, or even even now. And and sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm not as 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 I'm not a good speaker, and I, I don't really know. Maybe if your Bible believer goes, well, you know, I'll, I would never be able to. To, um, to read the Bible like they do or, or understand God's Word like them. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Or, or maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not as pretty as them or I'm not as good looking as them. I'm not as strong as them. I haven't got what it takes. And it's kind of like for, for all our life, we're not satisfied with our image. Because let me tell you something, the devil... The adversary of God will always try to distort your image to, to make you believe that you're not good enough. To distort the image of God in your life, and it begins to distort it, that you are never good enough. And you're looking for a subheading for this title of this message. It is called Kingdom of the Image. 
kingdom of the image. Now, if we're going to summarize Jesus' whole message, so when Jesus came almost 2,000 years ago and he began to preach, he, he had a ministry that lasted three years. Three years. And, and so as he began to preach for three years, if you're going to summarize his three years in one sentence, what would it be? And for many people who think, oh, you know, love, love God, uh, love people, that's, that's, that's what, he, what he mainly preached on, right? And um, I'm sorry, I forgot how big my ears are. And, um, and, or maybe, uh, maybe you're thinking, oh, well, maybe it's about, um, maybe it's about uh, love your enemies. Maybe this is what he preached. Or, or maybe it's about something like, um, don't worry about tomorrow. Maybe it's about anxiety. What, what, what is it? And, and let's be honest. That's not the main topic that Jesus preached on. And what Jesus preached on, what he preached on was the kingdom of God has arrived, is here, that it's near. And so we read that. In fact, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the three first books of the New Testament, the first words they, that of Jesus speaking summarizes his message, and they all summarize his message the same way. And let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 15. It says this, The time promised by God has come at last. This is Jesus, he announced. The kingdom of God is near, or oh, it's arrived. It's here. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is here. It's arrived. It's here right now. And this was his message that he preached. He didn't, it's what, crazy enough, you know, he didn't preach about being born again. You know, sometimes we thought it's all about being born again. In fact, Jesus only speaks of being born again once. And that's found in John, and it's because there's this old man who couldn't sleep because Jesus spoke about the kingdom. He was like, how do we enter the kingdom of God? And so Jesus, just to help this man sleep, says, well, you have to be born again. And he only mentions that once. But in the book of Matthew, he mentions the kingdom of God over 50 times. In the book of Matthew alone, that's like 1.5 times per page in Matthew. That is how much he mentions the kingdom of God. So if the kingdom of God was a major thrust for Jesus, then it's got to be a major thrust for us. We've got to, it's got to be something we need to understand and get our, our head around. The kingdom of God is near, or the kingdom of God has arrived. And, and, if you, and so it's kind of like, it kind of begs the question, right? Like, what, what, where did it go? Wasn't it always here? Where did it go? And it's kind of hard for us to get our minds around a kingdom, right? Because, you know, being in a Western world, we, we, we don't quite understand kingdom because we think of democracy. Think about democracy. This is what we know, and that we have elections and things like that. Uh, and we don't, and we don't really know. We think of something like knights of a round table, and so we can't write, uh, get a good grasp of it. So we take hold of the um, the moral teachings of Jesus and say, "Oh well, this is about the moral teachings." But the moral teaching of Jesus was an underlining message that that they really made sense within the kingdom of God, because the message was about the kingdom of God, and to fully grasp. What the kingdom of God is, we've got to go right back to the beginning because where was it? Where was the idea, the first idea of the kingdom? Where, where, was it, where does it first appear in the Bible? Because you know what's really fascinating? Because where it first appears is right on the first pages of, of the book of Genesis, right in the beginning of the Bible. And the theme, the theme of the kingdom of God goes right through the Bible, right through to the last pages in Revelation. The kingdom of God, it's a theme that is strong and powerful that sticks out, but yet we don't talk about it as much. Right? We don't talk about the kingdom of God. You know, hey, how's the kingdom going? How, how's all things going? So let's take a look. So, so where does it, where is the, was the first mention or the idea of a kingdom? So turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it reads, Then God said, 
let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And, and right there, it's like, who's God talking to? Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Like, whose image? And right here, see the word God here in Hebrew is Elohim. And Elohim is a plural word of God, meaning there's, there's more to one. There's, there's, there's this oneness, but there's more to it. So right here, it hints of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the three in one. Right here, then God said, let us make human beings in our image, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because we are one. To be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They will reign over, and the word reign, the word reign in Hebrew, it, it always talks about a king's authority. So this word reign is, is a king's authority. So straight away, in this passage, the first time we see this, this idea of a kingdom, the kingdom of God is found right here, and they will reign. And guess what it's connected to? It's connected to the image of God. So the first time the image of God is mentioned in the Bible, it is directly connected to an, a royal authority. A royal authority to do what? To reign. So people are the way that God reigns on the world, right? This is how God reigns through us. This was God's original plan, that we are to reign. This is how God reigns, is through us. That God creates this amazing creation, and he places us, people, in his creation, and, he, and he's ordained us, gives us this, this royal task to reign, to reign. So God's will will be done on earth through people. God's kingdom come, and his reign his will will be done on earth through people. But something went wrong. And in the next three weeks, we're going to flesh this out a bit more. But what's really interesting is the image of God is connected to people. And who are we meant to reign? Who are we meant to reign over? What does it say? They are to reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals, and all people um, should come under them, especially wives must be come under their husbands, and all these things, and children must come under them, and we must, and we will reign. No, it doesn't say that, right? For many of us have this idea. So God's original plan, honestly, when God, when, when God created creation, is that we are not meant to reign over people. That is not God's plan. That is not God's idea. It's for, for us to reign over people. You know why, when you read the Bible, why God's people were forbidden to make images of God? You know why they were forbidden? Because God had already made an image of himself. I want you all to look around. As you look around, you see image bearers of the king. Image bearers. You are sacred. Your life is sacred. You are a sacred being. You, do, you, do you realize what you bear? You are an image bearer of the king. You are an image bearer of God. You are a sacred life. And, and you know, this is, why, this is why it was forbidden for murder to take place. It was forbidden for murder to happen. Because for you to take someone else's life, what you're doing, you're destroying an image of God. Because that life is sacred. It's sacred. You know, in this country... Come on, we need to be praying against what's, what's a, this bill that's going on, this, this right to life bill, this whole thing of euthanasia. We need to come against this because you know what the enemy wants to do is distort the image of God. They say, you are not the image of God, therefore your life doesn't matter. 
Therefore, we can destroy your life. You have the right to destroy. Because, you know, for, for euthanasia, you're saying, well, you know what? I'm going to destroy the image of God. And that's what the enemy wants to do, distort your image. The life is sacred. And this is what, you know, our, our first Wednesday, we're going to be coming, we're going to be praying as a church. We're going to be praying to keep the sacred image of God alive and, and let this country be a country that raises up the image of God, that the image of God is sacred. Every single person, every life is sacred. When we think about the, the uh, abortion laws that are coming up, you've got to understand something. That is an abomination of God. That's the enemy. That's the adversary. The adversary, that's what, you know what the word devil? The devil means the adversary of God. That's why the, you don't say, hey, devil's not a name. It's the devil, the adversary. The adversary of God wants to distort your image. That baby that you're carrying, it's not really a human being. It's not really the image of God. Therefore, you have the right to terminate. We need to protect the image of God. Because let me tell you, the adversary wants to distort, distort the image of God and wipe out God's image. Come on, every life is sacred. If you're carrying life within your, if you, or every mom's in here. Let me tell you, every mom that's in this room, you have a sacred job that you're carrying. You, do you realize what you carry? You carry the image of God. You're sacred because you are the image of God. And, then, and, then, and it goes on. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. So the first mention of woman in the Bible is that they are God-like. The first mention of woman in the Bible, they're God-like. Yeah. You know, men are, are God-like also, but most men think that already. <laughs> right? They already think they're God-like. Do you know what that means? You know what that means, solo mum? You know, you know what that means, retiree? You know what that means, young lady? That you bear the image of God. That your self-worth is not in anybody. There's someone in this room that God, you, you need to leave. There's a boy that you need to leave because your self-worth is not found in him. Your self-worth is found in God. Because you're an image bearer of the king. My worth is found in God because you're an image bearer. You are sacred. You are sacred. Come on, ladies. Don't ever think that you're less than a man. Come on. You're more than that. You are more than, you know, the idea of equality. The, the idea of equality isn't some Greek philosophy. It didn't come out of Greek philosophy. It didn't come out of Eastern teaching. It didn't come out of Western teaching. But it originates in the Word of God. Wow. Yeah. That men and women are equal because they are bearers of the King. They're image bearers. You won't find that anywhere else. In fact, when you find the term image bearers, that when, you find, when you see someone saying that, that I am the image of God, when you look at ancient history, ancient culture, the only time you find someone who say that I am the image of God, it, it was only towards those who ruled the kings, um, the kings um, of those lands. And the word image um, means statue in Hebrew, more like an idol. And all the ancient statues that you would find, they're always depicted of a king or of the gods. Because they say, look, I am the image of God. I am the morning star. I, yeah, I, I am. This is who I am. But Genesis chapter 1 blows that to pieces. Because you know what? Because there's no classes in God. The, the image bearers of God is not just for the elite, but every single woman, every single man is a king and a queen. Because God has given you a royal decree to reign. When God created you, he created you to be a king and a queen to reign. There are no classes in God. We are not to reign over people, but we're to bring God's reign to earth. 
his kingdom, his will, in this place. So it kind of asks another question, right? So if we are all meant to reign, aren't we? If you're going to reign, don't you need subjects? But then the Bible tells us that we don't, people aren't our subjects. So how are we meant to reign? We're not meant to reign with a scepter. But when we look at Genesis chapter 2, it kind of fleshes out this idea of how we're meant to reign. And we don't reign with a scepter, but we reign with a spade. <laughs> yeah. Anybody love gardening out there? Yeah. Come on, you're walking in the will of God right now. Did you know that? <laughs> and that's right, when we look at Scripture, we're supposed to reign as gardeners. In fact, let's, let's flesh this out and go, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? Everybody say, what are you talking about, ants? What are you talking about, Willis? But anyway, Genesis chapter 2. Let's get into this. This is the, the account of creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. So there's no, none of these plants, no wild plants were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet, yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. And said springs came up from the ground and watered the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So there's something more to humans. There's something more to you. There's something more to, to, being, to being people. Because we are, we are earthlings, because we are of the earth, but there's something more to you. You are a mix of heaven and earth. You are, have a royal task as God breathed. You're, so you, we are a mix of earth and heaven. We are image bearers of the king. That's who we are. Then the Lord God planted a garden in the Eden, in the east, and there he placed man that he had made. So think about it the earth is barren. There's only one garden. Where's the garden? It's in, it's in Eden. He planted this. And then there's, it's beautiful. All the animals are living there. I wouldn't blame them because there's nothing else to live on. Then it goes down verse 15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden. To what? To work it. You know, I'm not going to get into that song. <laughs> you miss the Elliot fans out there. Anyway. To work it and take care of it. You know, the Garden of Eden is beautiful. It's comfortable. Right? It's kind of like church. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. But we were never meant to flourish just in church. But God placed man in the garden to what? To work it. And what did the Bible tell us? That they hid and not yet. There was no... Plants being planted anywhere else. Why? Because man hadn't been created yet. So we have this royal task to be cultivators, to be innovators, to be creators, to do what? To expand the territory of God, to go to the edge, to move from a, what's comfortable and begin to, to till. Let me tell you something. Have you ever tilled ground before? It's not easy to break ground. And when you break ground, repair the ground, you begin to plant seeds. 
you plant seeds. And, 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 and let me tell you something, man's original design is to reign, is to extend the kingdom of God, to be innovators, to invade, to invade, to invade, and grow the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 13, talking of the kingdom of God, he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Planted in a field. It is the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of the garden plants. It is the smallest of seeds. See, God takes the fullest things to confound the wise. He takes what is small and He overcomes giants. Old Goliath, He said, What damage can a little boy do with those little stones? Pharaoh said, what harm can one little Hebrew baby do? What good can come from Nazareth? What good can come from Hamilton? What good can come from Naruakia? What good can come from South Africa? Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? God takes the little to confound the wise. Let me tell you, every single seed has potential. Every seed has potential. But a seed will never reach its purpose unless it is planted. Let me tell you, every single one of you in this room have potential. Potential isn't a good thing. If you've been told all your life, you've got potential. You've got potential. You know, you know that, what, what they're saying? You have potential, but you haven't stepped into your purpose yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember starting out and he goes, man, Ant, you've got some, you've got some potential. I thought it was a good thing until I realized, wait, wait, what are you saying? Oh, I haven't, I'm not actually stepping in. Unless it is planted. And the best place for you to be planted is in the kingdom of God. Where God's will reigns. Because when you're planted in the kingdom of God, God restores your image. Well, who, me? I'm, from the, I'm, just, I'm the smallest in my family. I'm the, I've come from the least tribe. Rise up, mighty warrior, Gideon. But I'm just the smallest. God will take the smallest seeds to confound the wise. You might be sitting in this room, you, you'll be thinking, who, I'm nothing. I haven't got, I haven't got, I haven't got a Christian background. I, I mean, I, I can't even speak. I don't know nothing about the Bible. What difference can I make? Let me say something, God wants to restore your image because your power is not on who you are, it's on who God is. Because when you're planted, and what, is, what does it go on? And, and Jesus goes on, what does he say? It grows into a tree. And the birds come and they make their nest in the branches. You know what's, what's amazing when you read this, and sometimes we can easily miss this. Because Jesus tells us that the environment of the air belongs to the devil, the adversary of God. And in that same chapter, Jesus says that the birds represent the devil and his forces. And if you miss what Jesus is saying, he said, if you are planted... If you take God's Word and God's Word planted in your heart and you plant yourself in the kingdom of God, 
you will begin to invade the territory of the enemy and the enemy must bow because light invades the darkness and the darkness can never put it up. You're meant to invade territory with the love of God. And when you begin to invade territory with the love of God, then the enemies must bow and come down. And you know what? The reason why you don't is because your image has been distorted. You don't know who you are. You don't see yourself as how God sees you. You are the image of God. Mighty warrior, David with five small stones, little baby Moses, what harm can a little baby do? Little baby born in Bethlehem. What difference can a little baby in Bethlehem do? Let me tell you, wherever you come from, when you're planted in God, you'll begin to invade when you recognize who you are, who you are. Because you've been called to invade your environment with the love of God. Let me ask you something. Do people know in your workplace or your places of education, wherever you're studying, do they know that you're a follower of God? Do, you know, do they know that you belong to the kingdom? And if they don't, then, then you ask yourself why. Because let me, let me tell you something. I remember when I was, I used to work for one of the biggest companies in New Zealand that reaches the world, New Zealand Post. Yeah, it's a big company. <laughs> but you know what? Let me tell you something. Every single person in my workplace knew that I was a follower of God. You know why? Because every day I turned up to work and I had a t-shirt saying, I'm a follower of God. No, I didn't, I didn't do that. And don't do that because that's weird. Don't do that. I didn't stand up on, at lunchtime and start declaring the love of God in my workplace. Repent, you sinners. Because that's weird. And if you're doing that, stop doing that. That's weird. It makes it harder for us, uh, us other believers. <laughs> you know, don't do that. Stop that. That's, stop it. Stop it. That's weird. Don't be weird. And you, know, and you know, this is something when I, and this is how they, they could tell is that my image was different to theirs. I didn't tell anybody. They'll come up to me and say, man, Anthony, you're different. Man, you don't go clubbing with the boys. And let me tell you something. Before my image was restored, I still love clubbing. One of the things I love to do, go out to the golf range, the club. I used to love club, but you know what? When God restored my image, I remember going to the clubs. I remember going there, uh, uh, and when they're like, doosh, 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 and all that kind of stuff that goes on in their place, I don't ask me. I remember sitting in that place, and I was like, back in those days, that's when you could smoke in there, places is full of smoke. Like, like you know, you, you come up with lung cancer after you go to one of those places. It's like, I remember being in there, and I was thinking to myself, man, I, 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 something's changed. I, don't, I feel like I don't belong here. This isn't where the kingdom of God you know, and let me tell you something, everybody in there needs to be the light, but unless I go in there to change the environment, um, then, yeah, okay, I should be there. But if I'm there to be part of that environment, I need to get out of that place. And I just didn't, and, I, and so the boys, they go, oh man, I shouldn't go clubbing the boys. I go, oh, no, because, you know, I, I prefer to go to youth group. Oh, that, 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 I love that more than, than, than that. Go, oh man, I notice you don't swear. Oh, no, no, because my, my, you know, I, I, I read my Bible. My Bible tells me that let no words from your mouth be curses. And lead everything that comes from me, lift praise God. And because I, my, I really believe in the Bible, 
then how can I say words that does not honor God? How can I curse somebody? I can't do that. And that's not who I am. And so people ask me questions. Let me, let me tell you what happened. So I never went in there like, I've got this agenda. I'm going to like do this and do that. I just, did, I just lived life. But I lived life as the, as the image of God. God changed me. When you, let me tell you something. When, God, when you're planted and when you realize who you are, He messes you up, man. Messes with your mind. He turns you around, and I realized he was turning me around the right way up. I saw things differently. It was like I was woke. <laughs> Come on. Stay woke. And you know what happened? I'll be working by myself, working with the plants, like, no, yeah, whatever it is. People will come work next to me, and they'll ask me about God. See, I didn't, I, see, I didn't go into places. I've got an agenda. I'm going to preach every single one until I know Jesus Christ. But you know what? When you have the image of God, people start coming to you. Because when you begin to invade the, the environment of the enemy, the powers that be must bow. And one by one, they will come, and I'll share to them about the love of God. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I will not hear that to gloat about what I did. Let me, every single one of my team gave their hearts to Jesus. Every single one of them. Had nothing to do with any agenda. It was only because I came to reflect the kingdom of God. When you are planted and your image is restored, honestly, when you go to your workplace, do people see the image of God reflecting at them? Or do they see an image that looks no different to, to their lives? Because if, if, you, if you, all they see is someone that looks no different to their lives, then there's something wrong with the image. And you need to be planted back in the kingdom of God. Because when you are planted, then you will grow and begin to evade the territory of the enemy, and the enemy must bow because you bear the image of God. Let me tell you something. Church is a good place. I love church. Church isn't the place where we come, hey, brother, how's it going, sister? We we're meant to go out there and begin to take territory in your place of work, in your place of education. Let me tell you something. If you're working in a place and they're full of sinners, you're in the right place. If you're in a place, yeah, yeah, come on, right on. Yeah. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're studying in a place and there's a whole bunch of people that don't know God, you're in the right place. You're there to reflect the kingdom of God. That takes hard work. Soil. Man, it's cool over here. I love, I love it here in the garden. It's great. But you have a royal task. You are king and queen. You are an image bearer of the king. You are sacred. But God has called you to invade your environment with the love of God.